0: Hi everybody, this is Dana, and welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. I think it really is about just being honest, being honest with yourself, being honest with others. Looking back, if I'm to get really, really honest, um, I didn't wanna stop drinking. I just wanted to drink like a normal person.
1: Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
2: And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia.
1: As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength and hope through the lens of the daily reflection book. Each day we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration.
2: We value inclusion and diversity and we really wanna provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12 step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview.
1: Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show.
2: We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: What's going on for today? Who's in the studio?
2: So today is April 18th, and we have Dana D. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in with us this morning. I think you guys work together, do some service work together, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Dana helps out on the CPC committee. Dana, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast.
2: Thanks,
0: Lee and Michael. It's an honor to be here.
1: Well, it's an honor to have you. Thanks so much for, for agreeing to do this. Dana, we get this show started in the same way every day. We ask the guest to read the Daily Reflection for the day. Would you help us get started?
0: Absolutely. Okay, so the Daily Reflection for today, April 18th, is titled Self-Honesty. The deception of others is nearly always rooted in the deception of ourselves. When we are honest with another person, it confirms that we have been honest with ourselves and with God, as Bill sees it, page 17. When I was drinking, I deceived myself about reality, rewriting it to what I wanted it to be. Deceiving others is a character defect, even if it is just stretching the truth a bit or cleaning up my motives so others would think well of me. My higher power can remove this character defect, but first I have to help myself become willing to receive that help by not practicing deception. I need to remember each day that deceiving myself about myself is setting myself up for failure or disappointment in life and in Alcoholics Anonymous. A close, honest relationship with a higher power is the only solid foundation I've found for honesty with self and with others.
2: Wow. Thanks for reading, Dana. That is a powerful read, and I can relate to a lot of it. Um, before we get started, what's your sobriety date?
0: Uh, my sobriety date is February 6th, 2019.
2: Wow. So as you read this, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you?
0: So um, I actually followed directions and I went against every part of my being and didn't prepare for this too far in advance um, so that I could prevent myself from overthinking. I did know, you know, the date was chosen for me, even though, you know, if I had my way, I would have chosen a different date and um, just tried to control every outcome. Um, But this this date was chosen for me. And all I knew was the title of self-honesty. So I I have done a lot of reflecting on that. And um, the timing of it was perfect. Because this, the year of 2021, um, I've been choosing a word for every month to focus on. And um, so far, they've been choice, faith, uh, March was action. And um, because I was just feeling really I was feeling really energized and inspired and I did a lot of things in March, um, you know, towards self-improvement. And at the end of the month, I kind of evaluated what, what worked and what didn't, what felt good, what, you know, what didn't feel good. And, um, before I read, you know, in the for, so for the beginning of April, I chose my word was motive And because I realized that, you know, I was taking all these actions in the month of March and at the end of the month, I'm like, okay, well, why did I, why did I do those things? You know, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And um, so obviously when I was, you know, about 20 minutes beforehand, um, I was reading this for the first time and I underlined, you know, cleaning up my motives so others would think well of me. Um, But Yeah, I I laughed out loud when I read cleaning up my motives um, because, you know, it's it's no coincidence, right? (laughs) That's what really, really stuck out to me. It it loses me a little bit when it talks about deception, because I don't necessarily think that I was deceiving others. I think that I was deceiving myself the most of all, not necessarily in a um, malicious way, um, but I think in a a way to a, a self preservation of sorts in turn leads to um the deception in a lot of ways
1: yeah and and praying for outcomes and situations and even though you think you're playing or you're trying to pray for people, you're actually praying for the situational outcome that's gonna benefit you exactly, yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you deal with that and and how you look at your motives. Is are, are you using the program to do that? And if so, how?
0: So I think it really is about just being honest, being honest with yourself, being honest with others. You know, I had just recently celebrated two years, like I said, on February 6th. And um, this anniversary was a lot different than my first. My first, I definitely had a lot of, struggle leading up to it, kind of that, um, you know, stuck in the past, this time last year kind of thing, where this year, I struggled a little bit afterwards, I found myself kind of kind of pulling away, and um, really just feeling the need to regroup. What has kept me still here today, um, is that I was honest about it. None of that sneakiness came in, I was still checking in with with all the people I was still being very open about, um, you know, kind of what was working working for me, what wasn't. And it really is that that honesty with with myself and, and with others that is helping me to keep on this, this track that I'm on, even if it has to change directions a little bit.
2: I love what you're saying, Dana, because what you're talking about is just sort of a constant self-assessment, which is what the program asks us to do. I mean, we do have a fourth step process, but you're... I love the organic way that you're doing it, just kind of picking a theme for the month and then taking a look at that. And and that is what the the program promises us is connection Mm -hmm. to self and awareness of self and learning how we are. And I went through the motive process. Also, my sponsor (laughs) says same behavior, different motive. Am Mm -hmm. I working out to earn a spot or am I working out to be healthy? Two different motives, same behavior. So I love what you're talking about. So do you just do this naturally in your day-to-day life? or did you actually sit down and put pen to paper with the columns and all that in your inventory? Talk to us about the difference between the formal inventory and what you seem to be doing now.
0: Coming into my coming into the, the program um, I had a very difficult start where um, it took me about 14 months to get a date to stick and um, 10 months of that being you know quote, being in the rooms, quote unquote, working a program, uh, four months being back out, and then um, coming back in. And I was, I just really felt the need to take things kind of slow and steady. Um, so I wanted to make sure I had a little bit of time under my belt before I got a sponsor, um, just because I had just such a difficult experience the first time with just constantly having to, you know, fess up. And just just living that over and over and over again, it um, it in turn took a toll on me. So when I came back in the second time, I just kind of took the slow and steady wins the race approach, and um, got a sponsor, and you know very very slowly started working the steps. So even though I just uh, you know celebrated two years, I am just now starting my eighth step you know, when I try to think about it, my fourth step was, it was a little bit ago, you know, my, my formal fourth step. Um, but I definitely remember hearing um, kind of horror stories about it where, you know, it took people out and, and all of this. And for me personally, um, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think if anything, I've, I've always been self-aware, but in really, really, really analyzing it now, I don't know how honest and, you know, or, or maybe how delusional some of that, some of that was, you know, when I sat down and did my, you know, formal pen to paper and all of that, you know, it, it was, I don't want to say mediocre, but it it was just very like even keeled, even keeled is what I would like to say, just, you know, not too terrifying uh, but also, like no, like no major relief from it. I would say more recently, it's something that I do on a daily basis, just going along with trying to improve yourself and be a better person and be a contributing member of society, and you know all the all the things that I uh, sold myself short on before, you know, and just living up to my fullest potential and um, having the biggest impact I can on this on this world.
1: Yeah, and I know for a fact that you're having an impact. I I really appreciate the work you do with the uh, cooperation with the professional community. Before we go into the service and and even down the the track of the steps, I'm curious about what brought you into the rooms.
0: Like many of us, um, I knew that my drinking was an issue for quite some time. I was one of those people, though, that for the most part kept it together on the outside. Some of the things that were still happening on the outside, but, you know, the majority didn't know anything about what was happening on the inside. I got a, I got away with a lot of stuff for a very long time, and it wasn't until some of those external consequences caught up with the internal pain, it became very apparent that um, it was time to, you know, time to take some action, time to do something about it. But looking back on it now, you know, I see that just because I, I went into the rooms, I didn't I, I I would I would say the things and do some of the things looking back if I'm to get really really honest um, I didn't want to stop drinking I just wanted to drink like a normal person and I think that was why it took me 14 months you know like I mentioned um, to get you know to get a date to stick is because I didn't really want to get sober I just wanted to be normal and drink normally. So I think, and I think a lot of people have that same struggle, you know, like you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to admit defeat, even though, you know, you've been so beaten down time and time again. Um, yeah. We still come in fighting and I fought for 14 months and, um, and yeah, it spiritually, it, it definitely took a toll on me.
2: So what's it like now for you? Um, I hear that struggle, that spiritual struggle, but I see in front of me a calm person that's delivering a message pretty clearly. So, how are the promises coming true for you in that sense of? I can't, looking back,
0: I can't believe how I survived feeling so much pain every single day, day in and day out, especially towards the end. And, you know, today, even though I still have so much. I feel like I need to do and want to do um you know in terms of in, in all areas of my life and just you know just growing in general. On most days there is a sense of peace, a sense of faith and trust. Um you know my my higher power is God and um I'm very involved with my church. And that was, you know, one of the things that I explored that I've been exploring, I'd say, for the past couple of years is getting involved with that fellowship as well. And it's been really powerful and helpful for me. You know, I just uh, I just recently spent a couple of days with family and um, when I'm around them, I just kind of get out of my routine and I feel like I don't pray as much and, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to not be distracted and it's hard to hop on a meeting and it's hard to, you know, take some quiet time and read and, and, you know, even just a few days of that really, really like took me off my beam. And I was just thinking, I'm like, I can't believe I used to live my, my whole life like that. You know, like, I mean, it was noticeable that I started to (laughs) like deteriorate in a sense, you know, like my, my peace had been affected. And I'm just so grateful for, for the people that I have in my life now through my various fellowships and, you know, just the, the different players that God has brought into my life in order to bring me to the next level.
1: I'm curious about how your conception of God is changing through the process of recovery. Has it changed much?
0: So it's definitely changing. I I definitely had always believed that there was something bigger than me. You know, I, I grew up, I was met a Methodist. It's that's because what, that's what my mom told me that I was. Um, but we, you know, we didn't go to church. We, you know, religion wasn't really a part of our, a part of our lives. And I'm actually really grateful for that because I was able to kind of forge my own path in my adult life. So that was one of the, that was where I turned first um, because I I knew that I was struggling and I knew that I needed help. And so church was the first place I turned. Um, I had always believed that there was something bigger than myself. I just had no, I had no idea what that, what that actually meant. Um, you know, so it it took me a a few different tries to find, uh, where I currently go now, um, you know, to find my, my people and my fellowship where I really fit in. And it's been since I've started there, I've joined some life groups. Um, I just did this amazing international course called alpha and it was just really informative. And I'm just, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm about three years into that journey and learning as much as I can and, you know, doing, um, you know, like I said, life groups and Bible plans and just trying to explore all of that. So it's definitely changing the relationship. I think also, you know, you kind of go from that foxhole prayer to that, you know, little kid with a, a Christmas list, you know, to, you know, thy will be done, you know, please, you know, more of a surrender prayer, More of a, you know, please give me the strength and the grace and the guidance over, you know, please give me this outcome. Although I still did pray for a really awesome podcast today.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it, God delivers.
2: (laughs) Prayer works. Prayer works. (laughs) You said something that struck me as such a powerful thing to say, which is that. You're glad you didn't have sort of a conception of your higher power as you were growing up because it allowed you to forge that for yourself, which is so foundational to our recovery. And so for newcomers that might be listening uh, or maybe even people that are not necessarily here yet or not sure if they belong here, I'm curious what advice you would have for them specifically around this fear of like having to believe in something.
0: So I would say it's it's really about
2: surrender.
0: I would say to surrender um, and to release that control, since it's an illusion anyway, um, and to really just have an open mind. Um, you know, because up until this point, what we were doing wasn't working anyway. So why not just have some faith and try something new?
1: Before we begin to wrap, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about how you got into the CPC committee and, and how has that been for you in terms of service?
0: I learned about it from you and it has been absolutely amazing. And I truthfully, and um, like I mentioned, after, after I I hit my, my two year anniversary, you know, my program kind of changed a little bit and I was really, really grateful for the service commitments that I had in place, because at least that still kept me, uh, you know, coming to some meetings, staying connected. And it is just, it's such a powerful service commitment for sure. Um, I get so much out of it. It's such an incredible, it's such an incredibly important thing that we're doing, you know, like bridging the gap between alcoholics and the, uh, the medical community. And I've gotten such positive feedback from it. Yeah, I'm a very emotional person and I, I'm, I'm all about feelings and it just gives me all the warm and fuzzies when, when I get off of that Zoom call after a meeting and just, it really feels like you've made a difference and made a really important connection.
1: I get emotional too, especially when you see, you know, for folks that are wondering what we're talking about, CPC, we escort medical students to meetings of, of alcoholics and so that they can understand and see what... AA is about what it is, what it isn't, and uh, to see the spark in a medical student's face when they see a real alcoholic, and they see that it's not somebody in a in a trench coat with under a bridge or whatever, and they they actually see what AA is all about. That's you can't you can't explain the feeling about that. So uh, yeah, truly appreciate your work there. So as we as we wrap, is there anything else you'd you'd really like the listeners to know?
0: Um, I guess I'll go back to my word of action. I think that, and also for for me just being here today, I am equally honored and terrified to do this. And um, I definitely stalled on the form because the one question was, you know, why do you want to participate in this podcast? And (laughs) my answer was, I don't. Like, I (laughs) I don't want to do this. And finally, I typed in, you know, to overcome my fear of being, you know, being on a podcast on a podcast. (laughs) And, um, so, you know, it's definitely an action that I took that I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I'm proud that I took and, you know, I'm proud that, you know, one step in front of the other doing something to, to overcome a fear. And I'd say that, you know, most people living, most people listening today have taken a lot of regrettable actions to get to this place And my biggest piece of advice is to forgive yourself. Life is fragile and it could end tomorrow. So do something today you're proud of.
2: Beautiful. I want to thank you for your courage. I know you're scared. (laughs) You did such a beautiful job. And um, this is what we do. We step out of our comfort zone and that's where the magic happens. And I think a lot of magic happened here today. I want to thank you for stepping up. Thank Thank you so so much. much. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.